Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Just another manic Hopefully it's not a manic day for you. If it is, we're here to calm you down. That's right. We're offering a show of pop culture escapism. Right next to me is my manic one. It's... Jamie! I got one name. Jamie! Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Everybody, 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 everybody. <laughs> Hi. Hi there. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. You weigh 163 pounds. You are a very stupid fellow. And not likely to succeed. Well, most of those things are right. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, and right next to me is somebody who, well, is successful and uh, weighs far less than that. She's, uh, well, something, and that is... She is strange. She is in the studio, and that is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. Welcome to your Monday. Woo. Are you happy it's Monday? Oh, yeah. Well, that sounds good. Was, you know, let's be honest here. We're recording this before the hour of sunrise, so Kimmy has not experienced much of Monday. So True. So she is the optimist right now. Yes. That is the good thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you for actually uh, waking up and showing up to the Riley and Kimmy Show studios. Kimmy. Of course. You know, Monday I just did not creep in for her. Now, if it's starting to creep in with you, uh, we're here. We're here to uh, offer that pop culture escapism. And please stick around with us because we have a special spotlight on something that we will feature with the golden age of radio. And it's quite special. Now, speaking of something special, an autograph is a special thing, right, Kimmy? From a celebrity, not from you know somebody like me, but from, oh, yeah. uh, from a celebrity, right? Now, mm-hmm. over the course of time, I, I think you began this when, after you encountered me, not pre-me, you started getting autographs, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, can you tell us something that stands out, a positive experience in the world of autographs? Oh, positive. Well, let's see. Positive... Um Manu Bennett. Oh, the guy who uh, played Slade Wilson. Yeah. On Arrow. Very friendly. Okay. Yes. Um, Lindsay Wagner. Bonic woman. Yes. She was super sweet. Even Adam West, when we got his autograph we have a mul- couple times. We have multiples from, from Adam. Yeah. He's, he was always nice. Hmm. Yeah. So those are the precious ones we, that you just mentioned? Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are the first three that come to my mind. What about Noel Neal? Yes. Very nice. Now, is there something negative in the world of autograph that you experienced? Oh, 
Absolutely. Okay. Well, what, what negative? Well, the first one that comes to mind is William Shatner. Bill Shatner. Mm-hmm. Captain Kirk. Yes. A.K.A. T.J. Hooker. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, it was just an assembly line. He didn't care. He would, you know, I remember saying something to him. and. Did he even look up? Uh, I don't even think so. He okay. Just, just you know, just kind of signed it and brushed me off. And that was one of the more expensive autographs. I was going to say, this wasn't a free autograph. No. This was at a convention. Mm-hmm. And he is there to meet, greet, sign, and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Get his photo taken, photo ops, etc. Sure. Do you remember? Now, that was quite a few years ago. That I believe, don't hold me to this, I think that was 2011 you met Bill Shatner. Somewhere around or there. Or 2010, maybe. It might have been 2010 or 2011. It's one of those two. I can't remember which. I would guess 11 or 12, but... No, it wasn't 12. I know that much. Okay. It was uh, pre-me ending up in the hospital for an extended period of time. So I think it was 2011 when that occurred. Do you remember what that signature was going for at that time? I want to say $80. Yes, that's what I was going to say, too. So it's a... It costs a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. For his autograph. Yes. And, and some others as well. Some are that range to this day or higher. Some are far lower. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mention William Shatner because Yahoo Celebrity posted an article about him that he will never sign an autograph in public, so quit asking. This is wrong. Dead wrong. You're pushing your luck and you're running out of it. Fast. I'm going to be on you like white on rice. You sneeze, I'll be there with a handkerchief. And if your nose isn't clean, I'll wipe it in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Shatner does not want to sign any autographs in public outside of comic book conventions, conventions, or you know, certain Star Trek-related events. Mm-hmm. Now, we have the entire article available on our Facebook page, also our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, to give you an example, he actually responds to people who comment to him on social media. They either ask questions. He he's you know he, despite the fact of his advanced age, he is very in tune in the world of social media. Now, as an example, this is what caused the article is some of his comments to his fans who are asking questions, mm-hmm. and he responds. Susan Proctor on Twitter writes the following. He says he's a jerk, and he obviously is. He obviously doesn't care about his fans when he declines to give autographs. They will have nervously plucked up courage to ask and then get rejected, leaving them to feel let down, stupid, and humiliated. He doesn't care, unfortunately. Now, that's what she wrote July 18th of this year. Mm. He responded to that. I'm supposed to care about people who sneak up behind me to have someone grab a photo, who interrupt my private times enjoying my grandchildren, who bother me in restrooms, who even interrupt my calling my wife at the airport in order to request a photo or autograph? That's his response. Mm. Next one. From Bloody Ban. That's the screen name of the Twitter user. Quote, here's an idea. Instead of bothering a man in a public place, take some effort to send a letter with a SAZY. That's a self-addressed stamped envelope for those who don't know, by the mm. way. Perhaps he will send you one. Perhaps not. It's still his choice. However, if he chooses to send one, he will do it at the time of his choosing rather than in the can. Now, the Sazy thing is something that's old school. Mm -hmm. We're talking old, old school. Right. 
William Shatner responds to that. You know, that person was trying to be helpful, right? Uh-huh. He responds, quote, I get over 100,000 requests each year for autographs. I give priority to 5013Cs and registered charities and still leave many charity requests unanswered, so chances are slim, unquote. <laughs> okay. Cat Gray, another Twitter follower, quote, let me just ask, is there a time when you don't mind being asked for an autograph or a photo, just in case I happen to run into you sometime? Unquote. Mr. Shatner does respond. No. <sighs> Anytime I'm out in public, I'm doing something, going to a meeting, taking my grandchildren to the park, having a meal, traveling to a meeting or an event, etc. I value my personal time above all else. That's why I go to conventions and come here to make myself accessible. That is his words. Now, need to pull the curtain back on something here. That's not the reason he goes to conventions. Mm -hmm. The reason he goes to conventions is he gets paid to be at a convention, to mm -hmm. be a guest. He gets, it depends on how they work it out. Some cases they get a flat amount of money to be there. Not saying this is the dollar amount, but to give you an idea, there are some celebrities that command way over $35,000, maybe 80 or more, 100 to be at the event. There's some complexities that work out where they have to sell so many autographs, so many photo ops, etc. It depends on what that deal is, but there is compensation, high compensation. They make money off the photo ops. They make money from the signatures. So that is the reason this exists. Mm -hmm. It's a animal that didn't exist a long time ago, 25, 30 years ago. Started in the sporting world, according to an autograph expert, Uncle Al, Al Whitnapert, who we've had on the Riley and Kimmy show. He truly is a, a world-recognized expert in the world of celebrity autographs and historical autographs. You can check some of those interviews we've had with him available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, also on our YouTube page as well. Talks about how that actually came to be, that world of charging for your autograph. Events, totally autograph-driven. He set up one of the original celebrity group celebrity events a long, long time ago with that. It's all business. Mm-hmm. That's what I think people need to realize. Right. That's why you see certain celebrities nowadays, high-end names, getting into the convention world. Mm -hmm. Because they can go in, and as I won't identify the celebrity, the Riley and Kimmy show has had the opportunity to be friends with, has admitted that they love going into a big three-day convention because then they can leave with a sack full of money. Mm -hmm. That's why they do it. Mm-hmm. For some, it's their, truly their only income. They're no longer working in projects. They're, they're not working in television, film, whatever they came to be known for. Mm -hmm. Others appear at smaller shows, which I recommend if you have an opportunity to go to a smaller show. Generally, you'll have more time with said notable from a past TV show or film. Yes. But if it's a mega show, a huge show, meaning a very big corporate-ran convention... Your time is most likely going to be limited, mm -hmm. very limited. Might be just seconds at that autograph table. And there are some exceptions to that. 
give you an example. I'm surprised Kimmy didn't mention him. Robert England, who's known for playing Freddy Krueger. Oh, yes. Is beyond a doubt one of the best to ever meet. He actually spends time talking to every individual. He makes you feel special talking to him, actually, that mm-hmm. he cares. He gives you eye contact. Yes. He, he makes a comment. Maybe if you bring an item to sign that isn't something, you know, like a traditional 8 by 10 uh, he talks about it. Mm-hmm. He engages. He's funny. Yes. He he acts like he actually wants to be there. There are some that act like they're sitting in the dentist's office waiting for a root canal. Oh, yeah. They will not look up. Mm-hmm. Very limited. You know, the contact, you talk to a handler, the handler might have on a uh, sticky note your name that they're going to sign, and that individual may not even look up at you. They'll sign it, and boom, mm-hmm. that's it. Yes. I thought of a couple more really nice ones. Ed Asner. Oh, yes. Super sweet. And um, Richard Anderson. Oh, Oscar yes. Madison. Oscar Madison. Uh, Oscar. Oscar. He was, Kimmy, he was not in the odd couple. He was on the $6 Oscar million dollar Goldman, Goldman from the $6 oh, million dollar Man and Bionic Woman. You knew what I meant. Well, yes. <laughs> um, super, super sweet. So there are, I mean, there Very are, there, there are fantastic, you know, uh, people to meet. Mm-hmm. Good example is George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost. Oh yeah, you will love that at That's that time. That's an experience. That is an experience. So if you have the opportunity, you know, talk to some people who have already had an autograph, or mm-hmm. maybe see if they, it was worth it, because it may not be. There are some people who are like, I can't believe I spent eighty-five dollars to. You know, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that several times. Right, right. You know, a classic example is Eric Estrada, because we were standing in, uh, and um, I, I didn't have interest at first in meeting him or getting his autograph, but I saw how he interacted with people, and that made me want to get an autograph and meet him, because he was so personable. Yes. So, you know, see how it is, how it's going, talk to somebody. You know, because if it's a huge show, there's going to be some very big lines. Mm-hmm. And you need to know, is it really worth it? And is this just a caught-up-in-the-moment kind of thing? And Are you sitting there thinking, I'm going to make money off this? Generally, that's a crazy world to get into. Because as Uncle Al, who you can check out an interview with, historical figures are the ones to invest in. They're, they are the ones. Celluloid, television, not so much. It, it Meaning, if you think it's going to be gold hanging on it, I know what we call flippers who, you know, invest in this, they might get 25, 50 signatures of somebody for that purpose to either sell a little bit down the road or unfortunately when that person passes on and that world, it exists. I don't associate with those individuals for the most part because they're not there to meet the person that they're they're, They love the, the singer, the actor, the author. They're there for an investment purpose. Really, only. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in book signings too. Remember? Oh yes. Which that's an, that's another world too. So if you're interested in autographs, check out the article that's available on our Facebook page. But check out Uncle Al's uh, website. He has a website about about celebrity appraisal, autograph appraisal, sports memorabilia signatures, things like that. I mean, it is a complex world. He also deals with, uh, you know, fraud. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a fascinating world. Check it out. Uncle Al has a website. It's awappraisals.net. We have a link on our website at rileyandkimmy.com. Also, his Facebook page, Uncle Al's Time Capsule, we have that available too. And if you happen to be in Central Florida and Uncle Al is at a convention or an event, please visit him. 
you regret not doing so, right, Kimmy? That's right. And we mentioned George Lowe. George Lowe will be appearing soon in Florida. Be sure to check him out at Ancient City Con. Matter of fact, the Riley and Kimmy Show will be there. That is September 7th through the 9th, St. Augustine, Florida. Be a great opportunity to meet George Lowe. If you untie me, I will. Hi, kids. Space Ghost here. You're listening to Riley and Kimmy on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Uh, can you just loosen the hands up a little? For, oh, that is heaven. Uh, yeah, he, he will be untied. I guarantee that. <laughs> and there's an opportunity for him to do uh, voicemail recordings for you and other things like that, too, when you meet George Lowe. Oh, yes. So <laughs> he might even sing a silly song for you. George Lowe, he's just one of the, well, I mean, it's a celebrity jam-packed event at Ancient City Con. You can find out more by going to Ancient City Con's website. We have a link on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Please visit them. And if you visit our website, we have a chance for you to pick up advanced tickets. That's where you can purchase them and save money for Ancient City Con. We would love to see you there. We'll be celebrating my birthday at Ancient City Con. How cool. Yeah, that's going to be a fun time, isn't it? Yes. You can find out more going to our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com It's Riley and Kimmy time. It's Riley and Kimmy time. It's Riley and Kimmy time. They do not like my rhyme. It's Riley and Kimmy time. It's Riley and Kimmy time. It's Riley and Kimmy time. Screw it, I'm done. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com. Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play That is a question for this Monday. Is Kimmy functioning upstairs enough to play pop culture trivia? What say you? Yep, I'm ready. Well, we need to warn you the timeline may or may not be adjusted. It may be in chronological or it may not be in linear order. Regardless, help Kimmy out with answers. She believes you can, well, talk to whatever computing device and the answer will actually come to her. So you can talk to, whisper, or yell at whatever. Maybe that laptop, desktop, or smartphone. It could be anything. Because O'Reilly and Kimmy Show is mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Kimmy, we're looking for the year this happened. Once you figure it out, um, we'll give you a plus or minus of two years. It was on this date, the first African-American Miss America turned in her crown after it had been discovered that some naughty photos of her, well, they, some people said they were naughty, nude photos of her had appeared in a certain adult magazine. Can you tell me who it is? Just who is it? Vanessa Williams. That's correct. What year did this happen? Um, 1984? Got it exactly right, Kimmy. Moving backwards, the year is 1976. This song is released. Identify the hit. Someone knocking at the door. Somebody ringing the bell. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. What is the title, Kimmy? Let him in. Let him in. Let him in. 
1976. It's released. It would become a hit. Kimmy, can you tell me who the group is? Wings. That's right. Was that a number one hit in the United States or not? I'd say probably, yeah. No. On the Billboard Hot 100, it made number three. Number two on the British charts uh, was number one on the adult contemporary. You know, the adult charts. Mm. But not on the, the pop 100 charts. The year is 1977. This single is released. It would become number six on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell us the title. What is the title, Kimmy? Cold as ice. Can you tell us who had that as a hit? Foreigner. Correct. The year's 1994. This actor, dancer, singer suffers a mild stroke, stays in the hospital for seven weeks. Who is it? I'm singing in the rain. Who is it, Kimmy? Singing in the rain. Who is it? Fred Astaire. It is Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. His stroke happened 1994. He died February of 1996 at the age of 83. Celebrity and notable birthdays. This person born 1908. You would not know him, Kimmy. Carl Swenson. He was an American theater, radio, film, and television actor. In 1962, he made a one-time appearance on CBS's The Andy Griffith Show. He was Mr. McBeavy. You might remember the episode. Opie kept telling everybody he was friends with this Mr. McBeavy who was up in the trees. And everybody thought Opie was kind of nuts. And then it turns out he's a, you know, like tree trimmer. Remember that? Uh. And, and, and Paul goes out to confront Mr. McBeavy or actually make Opie look stupid and then finds out that Mr. McBeavy actually does exist. He was also the voice of Merlin in the Walt Disney 1963 animated classic The Sword and the Stone. Next individual, born 1921, his birth name, Calvert DeForest. Gimme. You know him under another name. He changed his name. Tell me, who was born 1921? I'm Debbie. Yeah. Debbie, Denny's, what's two letters? Well, how we? many are you today? To you, perhaps. Obviously, you don't know Zen. In this river that is life, we are all many. I am the sky, a bird, a drop of listening dew. Each of us is all there is. How many are you today? Oh, that's very beautiful. Can I show you to a table? Known for the David Letterman shows on NBC and CBS, can you tell me who it is? Larry Bud Melman. Correct. Next individual born 1933. He won an Emmy for Best Game Show Host of this game show in 1977. Who is it? But first, tell us the name of the game show. Kimmy, identify the game show. 
Tattletales? That's correct. Tell us who was born 1933. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Welcome to Tattletales. It is nice to have you with us today. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, where are you all from? UCLA. Can you tell us who was born 1933? Bert Convy. That's correct. Tell us why this person is on the famous celebrity list. Born 1936. His name, Don Drysdale. He was um, a baseball player. That's right, Kimmy. An American professional baseball player and TV sports commentator. Now, a question for you about baseball and him. Tell us what position he played. He was a pitcher. That's correct. And for what team? He played his entire Major League Baseball career for what team? Mm, The Dodgers. Kimmy is right. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1984. Next individual... 78 years old today, one of the earliest shock jocks on radio. His programs have been extremely popular and controversial throughout his career. The Howard Stern first movie deals with him. Howard worked with him at WNBC in New York. He was one of the first video jockeys, VJs, for the launch of Video Hits 1 in 1985. Tell us. Who is having a birthday today, Kimmy? Three and a half years ago, MTV hit the air with rock and roll video. Today, there's VH1, Video Hits 1. Finally, your music has come to television. We're going to have music from the past, from the present, that you want to hear all day, every day, in digital Dolby Stereo. The only one of its kind anywhere. I'll be here along with Scott Shannon, Frankie Crocker, and John Bauman, bringing you video music hits, entertainment news, and interviews with your favorite artists, one every hour, every day. Right now, let's meet the VH1 VJs. Olivia Newton-John and um, uh, Shaking You, she just got married, you know, married a guy 10 years younger than she is. That's sick, isn't it? No, it's nice. And this is VH1, video hits one. Uh, we've got one-on-one interviews, one every hour. In 20 minutes, we'll talk to Kenny Rogers. Right now, today's entertainment headlines with VH1 People News. I don't know what we're doing now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is VH1, video hits one. We have some entertainment news on VH1 People News. Pretty sexy, huh? Can you tell me who it is? Don Imus. That's right. 78 today. Retired this year, March of this year, after nearly 50 years on the air. And he did some comedy records about what was before the FCC said that morning shows and radio announcers couldn't do this anymore. They used to be able to call anybody, anywhere, phone booths, anything, and air it live or record it and air it. Well, they stated that they couldn't do that. But before that happened, he had released certain comedy albums of those calls. They are fantastic. I've never owned that vinyl. I've never have. I used to have some of it on tape that somebody gave to me. Love to find the original records. Mm. I'd have that right next to like my Animal Story stuff from WLS. I remember a person who was quite a bit older than I. One time I was visiting with him up in Chicago, and he had those records, and that's what we did one afternoon listening to him, Kimmy. Mm. Yeah, you, you, you've probably been bored out of your mind, but I was in nerd heaven. Next individual, 78, Kimmy. 78 years old today, best remembered for his top 40 hit from 1959. He hit number 24 on the Billboard Hot 100. Can you tell us who it is? Lonely for you. Oh, so blue 
Can you do it, Kimmy, the mystery person? No. That's Gary Stites celebrating his 78th birthday today. Next person is 75, best known for his 1969 hit, hit number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. Who is it? Down in Louisiana, where the alligators grow so mean. The little dog girl that I swear to the world made the alligators look tame. Poke salad and Jimmy, do you know who it is? No. That's Tony Joe White. And by the way, Elvis loved that song so much he would perform it live until the the end days on stage. Mm. He, he loved that one. Next, individual recording artist celebrating his 71st birthday had a number five hit on the top 40 charts in 1973. Identify the song he is well known for. Kimmy, here's your clue. And where do we go from here? Which is a way that's clear Still looking for that blue jean Baby queen, prettiest girl I ever seen See her shake on the movie screen Can you tell us the name of that song, Kimmy? One of your soap stars that you liked, Michael Damien, did a cover of that. Can you tell me the song? Oh, gosh. Of course I know that song. Um, What is the title? I'm trying to blank. Rock on, rock on, rock on, rock on, rock on, rock on. Can you tell us who had that original hit, Rock On? Michael Damien would have it later on. Who had it originally? Who's who's having a birthday today? I'm drawing another blank. That is David Essex celebrating his 71st birthday. Next birthday, next notable, is an actor, Kimmy. His breakout role came in 1985 on this TV series, Identify the Show. Can you tell us the TV show? Cheers. That's correct. Tell us. Who is celebrating a birthday? Once you identify him, you have a plus or minus of five years. Tell us how old he is. Yeah, I'm used to it. I used to babysit a lot back in Hanover. Well, before the incident. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to go out of town for the weekend, and I want you to keep my cat. Now, I know it's an imposition, but, you know. Okay. Well, you're really good with animals, aren't you? Well, yeah. I mean, I had lots of pets back in Hanover before... The His character would get out of doing things by, well, bringing up the incident. Can you tell, <laughs> can you tell me who is having a birthday? Um, Woody Harrelson. That's correct. How old is he today within five years? Um, 63. Woody is celebrating his 57th birthday today. Next individual recording artist, 57, this musician is one of the founding members of a certain band, Kimmy, and he's written the majority of the songs. One of them, their first hit in the United States, charted at number 13. His name, Martin Lee Gore. You tell me the name of the band. Mark 
Score, celebrating his 57th birthday. What band is he known for? Depeche Mode. That's correct. Next person born, 1967, an actor, won the Academy Award for Best Actor for his performance in a 2005 movie. Tell me who it is. Oh, it's the hardest when someone has a notion about you and it's impossible to convince them otherwise. Because since I was a child, folks have thought they had me pegged because of the way I, the way I am, you know, the way I talk, and, and they're always wrong. You know what I mean? Can you tell me who it is he played Capote? Mm, I can't think of his name. You can't? Mm-mm. No other clues will help? No. That's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Next individual, Kimmy. Actor, once you identify who it is, tell us how old he is within two years. He was cast as Harry Potter in the series' first film, that's The Philosopher's Stone, and starred in the series until the release of the eighth and final film. Who is it? Who played Harry Potter? Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, how old is he today within two years? Um, 38. Daniel Radcliffe is celebrating his 29th birthday. <laughs> I see dead people. Notables, famous people, celebrities who passed away on this date in history. The year is 1885. Tell us who it is, Kimmy. He was the 18th president of the United States. That's from 1869 to 1877. He was a Union general. That's in the Civil War. Dies at the age of 63. Do you know who it is? He had a home in Illinois, in Galena. Ulysses S. Grant. That's correct. Now, you living up in that northern part of the state, have you ever been to Grant's home? No, I haven't. Moving somewhere else on the timeline. The year is 1971. Van Heflin dies from a heart attack at the age of 62. He was an American theater, radio, and film actor. He won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his performance in Johnny Eager in 1942. I highly recommend checking him out in a film called The Strange Love of Martha Ivers. It's from 1946. He acts opposite Barbara Stanwyck and Kirk Douglas. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were busy. I'll wait. Hello. Hello. The name is Masterson. Sam Masterson. I'm sorry, I... Sammy Masterson. Oh! Oh! Hello! Well, I'll do that again. Hello! <laughs> you should have called me. Well, you've grown to be a big boy, Sam. Well, I always was big for my age, you remember? <laughs> yes, I remember. Anything else you remember? Oh, well, there are, there are lots of things. I never figured that a skinny little mutt would grow up so beautiful. <laughs> I thank you for my wife. That sounds funny. What the? Well, you're saying my wife, does it? Oh, now, don't get so, Walter. I mean, well, I've always thought of Martha's... Well, you know how it is. You keep something in your mind since the time you're a kid. How long are you staying, Sam? Well, that all depends on our district attorney. Oh? Yeah, I may have to pull out in a couple of hours. Oh, that's too bad. That's the way things are, you know. Well, that's all right, Walter. You're a busy man, so I'll blow. And uh, thanks. Thanks for everything. So long, Martha. Well, aren't you glad now you missed that circus train? I don't know. 
Seen from The Strange Love of Martha Ivers, that's Van Heflin with Barbara Stanwyck. Check it out. You will see her in an evil role. I mean, she is nasty. I put it right up there with Double Indemnity. Maybe worse, actually, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And Van Heflin's fantastic acting opposite her and Kirk Douglas. The year is 1982. Outside Santa Clarita, California, actor Vic Morrow and two children are killed when a helicopter crashes onto them while shooting a scene from what movie? The movie is produced by Steven Spielberg and John Landis. John Landis is directing the scene. Twilight Zone? Twilight Zone, the movie. Next question for you, Kimmy. Identify who it is. 2011, the singer and songwriter dies of alcohol poisoning at the age of 27. Who is it? They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no. Who is it, Kimmy? Who passes away? 2011. Oh, I know that. Um, what's her initials? A.W. Here's another clue. Our day will come And we'll have everything We'll share the joy Can you tell us who it is? Amy Winehouse. That's correct. 2012. This American astronaut passes away at the age of 61. She was the first American woman in space. Tell us who it is. The fact that I was going to be the first American woman to go into space carried huge expectations along with it. And that was made pretty clear just the day that I was told I was selected to the crew because I was also taken up to Chris Kraft's office, who was the head of the Johnson Space Center, because he wanted to have a little chat with me and make sure that I knew what I was getting into before I um, agreed to be on the crew. (laughs) But I was so dazzled just by the opportunity to be on the crew and go into space that I really don't remember very much of what what he said. On launch day, there was so much excitement and so much happening around us in the crew quarters, even on the way to the launch pad, going up the launch pad, you know, looking up and seeing, you know, this huge, you know, rocket that kind of sounds like an animal. You can kind of hear the gurgling and the hissing and, you know, it sounds like it's alive. I spent an enormous amount of effort just trying to stay focused. Try to, I tried to block out pretty much everything that was going on around me and just kind of put one foot in front of the other because it would have been way too easy to just be lost in the in the moment. I didn't really think about it that much at the time um, because I just wanted to get the opportunity to do that. But I've, uh, I came to appreciate what an honor it was to be selected to be the, the first woman to get a chance to go into space. She was the first American woman in space. Who is it, Kimmy? Sally Ride. You're right. Passed away 2012 at the age of 61 on this date. Kimmy, you did a fantastic job, especially when we put the factor that it's a Monday. You did a great job. Thank you. And what we're going to do now is honor something. We'll have a tribute to something we talked about, something we talked about on Trivia with a golden age of radio. It's an old-time radio tribute on the Riley and Kimmy Show.
mentioned moments ago that actor Carl Swenson was born on this date in 1908. He was no stranger to the golden age of radio. We have a fantastic example from 1958. It's a golden age of radio production titled Five Buck Tip. Now the plot, it's a story about a criminal's attempt to escape the electric chair by switching places with his twin brother. Now it's easy or, you know, for gimmick-wise on television and film for somebody to play a twin and they can do some certain trickery. It's very interesting with the golden age of radio, what they do. Carl's, well, Carl plays both roles. Carl Swenson plays the part of the twin brothers and he does something fantastic so you actually believe they are twins. As a bonus, if you enjoy that on our website right now, we have actor Van Heflin, a tribute to him. He passed away on this date in 1971. Now on this special podcast, we have the 1949 Golden Age Radio production titled Three O'Clock. This is one of the best examples of the theater of the mind. The plot of man is tied to a time bomb, which is set to explode. The man, as it starts out, or you find out, had suspected his wife of having an affair, so he planned to kill her by making a bomb and attach it to an alarm clock set to detonate at 3 o'clock. The problem is, as he's setting everything up, his house, well, it gets robbed, and he ends up tied in the basement where the bomb is. And he is trapped. Great, great example of the theater of the mind. It's called 3 O'Clock. That's Van Heflin on our website right now at RileyandKimmy.com. Here's our tribute to Carl Swenson. Five buck tip on the Riley and Kimmy Show. I had flown all the way from Cleveland to be with my brother on his last night, and it was no joyride. His picture was on page one of the Tribune under a big black headline. Governor denies appeal. Jardine to die tonight. On the plane, they all looked at me like I'd broken out of death row. I couldn't blame them. Tommy Jardine was not only my brother, he was my identical twin. At midnight, he'd be gone. This black shadow, this evil image of me that had forced me to run away and change my name so I could make an honest living. Jackie Cavanaugh, his girl, had begged me to come on, and after all, I felt I owed him this last night, just for the relief I would know afterward. I found the blue hour, a quiet little bistro where she'd asked me to meet her. Stopped at the check stand to leave my hat and suitcase. One hat, one bag. Yes, sir. Uh, do something for me, will you? Don't let me leave without them. I do that all the time. Yes, sir. I'll remember. Hey, you know, you look like... Yeah, I know who I look like. I'm supposed to meet a Miss Cavanaugh here. Yes, sir. In the corner booth, red coat. Thank you. I fumbled in my pocket for something to help his memory. Found a bill and laid it on the counter, thinking it was a single. I didn't know until later it wasn't. It was a five. All things considered, it was the best five dollars I ever spent. Jackie Cavanaugh was staring into her scotch, looking very lonely. And she had reason to. She'd been in love with Tommy for as long as I could remember. Sit down, Mark. Thanks. What time will we do over there? 8.30. No visitors until 8.30. The warden's a bear cat for rules. You're looking more like Tommy every day, Mark. There's nothing I can do about that. 
try to be kind to him on his last night, will you? Yeah. I'll, I'll try. I had a double scotch. And then another one. And we sat there for a half hour with Tommy's picture staring at us out of page one. Then we slipped out a side door and caught a cab for the prison. The warden was a thin-faced, white-haired man with a tired, worried look in his eyes. I'd like you both to know you're legally entitled to visit Tommy Jardine tonight. But I must also make clear I don't approve of it. Why not? He's facing the greatest trial a man can be put to. He can do it best alone. He's called for his parish priest. Two of them are down there now. And if you insist on seeing him, you'll have to decide now. In five minutes, the main gates will be locked until after the execution. Mark, I... I think I'll stay here. Well, I thought... So did I. But I... I just can't bear to go through with it. I understand. All right, Warden, I'll see him alone. So you're the twin brother, huh? How come your name's different? I changed it. I don't blame you. You know, it's funny, up to now, we didn't believe he had a twin brother. Thought it was all part of the act. What act? Well, you know, it's against the law to execute an insane man. You mean Tommy is... Crazy as a coot. Or at least that's what he'd like us to think. It's turned into an endurance contest. Three days and nights without a let-up. And you know what it'll add up to, don't you? He'll go to the chair, sound and sane, and we'll go to the nut house. Uh, the priest is in there with him. All right, go ahead. Uh, excuse me, Father. Yes? You got company, Jardine. Hello, Tommy. Huh? What do you know? So you had the nerve to come after all. Padre, shake hands with my brother. I'll be back in 15 minutes, Mr. Heston. Hey, listen to me, you idiot. My name is Heston. Mark Heston. Shut up, Jardine. That, look, do I have to die to prove it? Padre, how can I convince him? What can I do? Look at him, Mark. <laughs> you see what I mean, Mr. Heston? Been going on like this day and night. He's driving us nuts. <laughs> He'll be all right. Funny. Seems to come over every so often. Perfectly rational one minute and then... Yeah. Well, Padre, see you in 15 minutes. Tommy. Tommy. Huh? What? What happened? Did I do it again? Yes, son. You said you were Mark, just like before. Oh. Mark? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. I don't know why. I, I, uh... We understand, don't we, Mr. Heston? Sure. Is there anything I can do for you, Tommy? Afterwards? Well, he does have some personal affairs to clean up. Yeah, I'll, uh... I'll be leaving some cash, for one thing. Uh, and a safe deposit box in Detroit. And, uh, there's a car and some uh, personal stuff. That'll all go to Jackie. I took a pencil out of my pocket and looked around for something to write on. Sticking out from under the Bible on the table was a blank card, so I picked it up and turned it over idly as I waited for Tommy to go on. There was printing on the back, 
that said, Fingerprint Record, State Penitentiary. And it had Tommy's picture and history. But the spaces for the fingerprints were blank. Then they jumped me. I got him, Tommy. The arms, Mike. Get his arms. Got him. Get the needle inside the book. Pages cut out. Okay. Hold him still now. Come on, come on, John Dean. Wake up. All right, snap out of it, Puck. All right, get the leg out from under you. That's a boy. All right, now. Hey, wait. What, what, what are you doing? What is this? Look, Jardine, will you save the act for the newspaper boys, huh? Look, I'm not Jardine. I'm Heston. I'm Mark Heston. I'm Marilyn Monroe. Hey, wait, listen. Oh, you listen, Jardine. I'm fed up with this act. You either play ball or job or no job, I kick your teeth in. Let go of me. What are you doing? I'm slitting your trouser leg because that's where we fasten the electrode. It's ten after eleven. In less than an hour, you go to the chair. Slowly, one by one, the facts came into focus. I was in cell four of death row. In Tommy's prison uniform. The guard was shaving my leg because in less than an hour, I was going to the chair in my twin brother's place. Uh, hold still now, Jardine. Look, I'm not Jardine, I tell you. I'm Mark Heston. Now get that through your thick skull and then bring the warden here. You'll see the warden in 45 minutes. The law says he's got to be there when they pull the switch. Look, do you see this on my arm here? What about it? That is a mark from a hypodermic needle. That was why I was asleep just now. Uh-huh. The Padre, do you remember him? Yeah. He's a phony. His name is Mike and he's a friend of Tommy's. And he had the needle inside the Bible that he was carrying. Is that so? And they hit me right after you left. Now, I know it sounds crazy, but they pulled it off. Oh, they should have known better than to try a wild thing like that now, shouldn't they? You don't believe me. This mark on my arm. Now, look. You gotta believe that. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. You showed it to me yesterday. I wasn't here yesterday. Uh-huh. Listen to me. That was part of the build-up. Can't you see that? Like the Insanity Act and everything else. Listen to me, you stupid jerk. The rule book says we don't rough up the customers, Jardine. However, in your case, I'm going to make an exception. Please believe me. My name is Heston, Mark Heston. I've got an apartment on Riverdale Avenue in Cleveland. I work for the Ohio Indemnity Company. I... I said I had enough talk. We went through that yesterday, too. Now, wait. One more thing. You picked me up at the warden's office tonight. Do you remember? Tommy wouldn't know what we talked about. About my name first. You asked me why it was Heston, why it was different. Then about Tommy's act. Oh, sure. And you... you pumped your brother about that stuff while he was here. He told me when he left with the Padre. All right, then. Put down that chair. Get the warden. Give me that chair. Get the warden. Okay, John Dean. I'll get the warden. I can't stand it. I can't stand it another minute. Look, Warden, I gotta get her out of here. She's going to pieces. Can't you see that? I made that clear to you, Mr. Heston. The main gate's locked until after the execution. Regulations, can't you forget? Let me go! I can't stay here while they kill him. Let me out of here! Please, Warden! All right, I'll call again. 
Come in. Uh, Warden, can I talk to you for a minute? What is it, Louie? I can't handle Jardine. All right. Excuse me a minute, please. Tommy. Shut up. I got a feeling we're not going to make it. You're doing great. We'll be out of here in five minutes. What are they talking about? What's he telling the warden? Shh. Can I... Can I go now, Warden? I'm afraid you two will have to stay here in the office for a few minutes. I may need you. Well, let's see now. I got off the plane at the airport and took a cab to a bar called the Blue Hour. She said she'd be waiting there for me. Jardine, listen to me. Don't call me Jardine. I'm Mark Heston. There's only a half hour to go, Tommy. This won't do you any good. Warden, please, listen to me. He has been planning this for weeks. The girl, too, and that phony padre. They had it all worked out right down to the pinprick in his arm. Now, please, just let me talk to them. Give me two minutes with them. That's not much to ask, is it? The girl couldn't take it. That's an act. Can't you see that? It's an act. Louis. Yeah, Warden? Mr. Heston and Miss Kavanaugh are waiting in my office. Bring them down here. Yes, sir. Well, what about Mike? Mike? That phony padre. He left. He said he couldn't do anything more for you. He said it was up to the prison chaplain now. Chaplain, warden, can't you... Tommy, listen to me. Tommy, Tommy, I'm not Tommy. I'm Mark Heston. In just a moment, we continue with the third act of... Suspense. We have together... Ample capacity in freedom to defend freedom. This is NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. The 15 nations comprising the North Atlantic Treaty Organization have reaffirmed their faith in the aims of the United Nations. They have reaffirmed a desire to live in peace with all people, all governments. NATO is a framework within which the member nations can cooperate in every way to achieve peace and freedom for the world in our time. The United States of America is a part of NATO. You should be aware of and alert to the objectives and programs of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And now... Starring Carl Swenson, Act Three of Five Buck Tip. (laughs) I'm sorry, Tommy. I'm sorry. Jack. I want you to realize what you'll be doing if you keep on lying. You'll be killing me. You'll be killing an innocent man just like shooting him with a gun. It's murder. Please don't. And they're going to find out sooner or later. Listen to me. I just told the warden how we met at the blue hour. You were wearing that red coat so I could find you. Waiting for me in the corner booth. Blue Hour. Yes, you remember that, don't you, Jackie? Uh, the Blue Hour. A bar on North Lake Street. Oh, well. <laughs> Answer me! It won't work, It won't work. call them. Call the Blue Hour. They'll tell you that I was there. It's my job to give you every reasonable consideration, Tommy. But there are limits. Limits? This is the limit. This is ridiculous. What a... 
What about the fingerprints? You have his fingerprints here on file, right here in the prison. Why don't you... I remembered then. The blank fingerprint card sticking out from under the Bible. There was a faint smudge of ink on my fingertips. They had thought of everything. I thought it might come to this, Tommy. We stopped at the files on the way down and picked up your card. Give me your hand. Warden, I forgot to tell you something. Give me the ink pad, Louie. Hey, yes, sir. Warden, I... I hope this will settle it once it and for all. It won't settle anything. I looked at Tommy while they took my prints. The corner of his mouth was twitching again. But he didn't dare look me in the eye. Well, there you are, Jardine. They match perfectly. Well, of course they match. They're my prints on the card. My brother and that phony priest took them while I was unconscious and switched cards in the files. Come on, Louie. Yes, sir. Tommy, it's 20 minutes to 12. Prison chaplain will be here in five minutes if you want him. Wait! Look, don't you walk out on me. I am Mark Heston, I tell you. There was a switch. Look! Look at him! Can't you see it? You've got the wrong man! The wrong man! There was my last faint hope. And all that was left was the horrible, unbelievable truth. They were going to do it. They were actually going to execute me. The lights dimmed, then brightened, and then dimmed again. And from down the corridor behind the door came a faint whine. With 15 minutes to go, they were testing the chair. Fifteen minutes. The prison chaplain came in. I had nothing more to say, nothing anyone would believe, so I told him to go away. Then Louie came back with a couple of assistants and they shaved my head. Eight minutes. Seven. Six. A kind of paralysis took me. I could hardly stand up. I could hardly breathe. Three minutes. The chaplain came back again and more guards. Finally, the door to the block opened and the warden walked toward my cell. The hands on the clock over the door were almost straight up. The time had come. The warden moved slowly through the crowd of witnesses, white-faced and shaken. He took my arm. Come on, Mark. Okay. There's nothing left to... Wait. You called me Mark. Sit down, Mark. Where are my brother and the girl? They're holding them downstairs. There he is, Warden. Name is Willie. Thank you, sir. Oh, uh, Mr. Heston. I know it sounds kind of stupid to say I'm sorry, but... No, no, forget it, Louie. Thanks. Uh, you probably don't remember me, mister, but... Sure, you're the, the hat check kid at the Blue Hour. I was reaching for the phone to call the gate so your brother and the girl could leave when it rang. They were calling about Willie here. He was at the gate trying to get in. Well, Willie, how did you... Uh... I waited till the taxi you took came back, and I asked the driver where you went. Yeah, but why? Well, you left your hat and bag. Well, why did you bring him here? Well, I didn't know what was in the bag, but I knew it must be awful important. You told me not to let you leave without them. Well, I might have let it go, but after all, mister, you left me a five-buck tip. <laughs> 
Suspense. In which Carl Swenson starred in William N. Robeson's production of Five Buck Tip by Harold Swanton. Supporting Mr. Swenson in Five Buck Tip were Kathy Lewis, Henry Blair, Jack Crucian, Jerome Thor, and Ken Christie. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.